everyone, it's Deborah Eckerling here. And if you want to learn the six and seven figure science to success, significantly increase your revenue and learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should be listening to Sell Without Selling podcast with my good friend, Stacey O'Byrne. If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and today I am speaking with a really good friend of mine, Deborah Eckerling. Deborah is a goal strategist on a mission to change goal culture in and out of the workplace, a speaker corporate consultant and workshop leader. She offers personal and professional planning, event strategy, and team building for executives, entrepreneurs, consultants, and companies. The founder of the Dev Method for Goal Setting Simplified and award-winning author of Your Goal Guide. She is spoken on stages for TEDx, Von3, Dwen, Innovation, Women, Agora Pulse, and more and is the host of hashtag goal chat the hashtag goal chat live show and the deb show podcast i believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success i am so excited for you to hear today's conversation with deborah she is a phenomenal woman her and i share a lot in common where we help each other well, we help others get out of their way so that they can finally have their way. And I am so excited for you to hear this conversation and really quick. If you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you've wanted or needed, or if you're stuck and needing a pivot in your business and your success, or you just want more, and you understand the importance of having a coach to help identify the blind spots, increase accountability, and help with success strategies to take you your business, your income, and your success to the next level. If this sounds like something for you, then head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. There's a quick application there that will lead to a personal phone call with me to see if we're a great fit for each other. Okay, let's do this. Deborah, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. As you were saying before, we're just so aligned. And what's the point of doing anything unless you're going to be successful? Absolutely. You know, I think where where I drop off, you pick up. And where you drop off, I pick up. And, you know, there's a little bit of overlap. And reality is there's not never just one way to slice an onion. So I'm really, really excited for our listeners to get to know you and more about the Deb method. So, so first, before we dive into 
what it is you do and how it is you do it. Let's talk about the journey of becoming an entrepreneur. Did you just like, did, were you born an entrepreneur? Did you start out an entrepreneur? Did you have a corporate journey? What was that like? Well, my, my journey into the goal space started when I was working at Barnes and Noble back when I lived in Chicago and i had been in LA for over 20 years. So do whatever math you want. <laughs> So I was doing events for them and whenever I needed to fill my calendar, I'd just hang out in the cafe because it was a community store. I wanted to be creating events for the community. And one day, one of the regulars said, will you start a writer support group? And I said, if you think people will show up, yeah, let's try it. And who knew that that start would get me here. And for me, uh, this group, it was all about, okay, what did you achieve? how can we support you? What are you working on for next time? So it was, you know, what did you do? What are you going to do? Let's support you and cheer you on. And I saw the power of goal setting firsthand because I would never ask anybody to do anything I wasn't prepared to do myself. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm sure you know this. When, when you do what you teach, you do a lot better than when you think you know better than yourself, right? Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so I was, and I was shortly out of college. I was, my degrees in journalism and I started, my goal for each session was to write an article. Mm. Okay. You know, write these slice of life columns to like get that muscle working. And not long after I started the group, I, I was at an expo, I think it was, and I met someone and they were looking for freelancers. And I had these articles that I had written because of my goal group and they actually used one of the, one of my samples and they printed it. So I, like I said, I saw the power of doing this thing. You're going to do something, reporting on it, and then the, the accountability piece. Anyway, let's fast forward a little bit, moved to LA, restarted the group out here. Over the years, it's had so many incarnations, but people would say, Deb, you're good at this. Can you help me finish my book? Deb, you're good at this. Will you speak at my event? So that's really um, how my entrepreneurial journey came about. It's something that I did that I love doing mm -hmm. that other people would see. And again, it uh, transitioned. So it started out as a writer support group. Now it's writers, creatives, and entrepreneurs. It used to be in person. Now it's virtual through the Write On Online Facebook group. And then about four years ago, yeah, oh, I'm gonna have to start saying almost five because it was in the spring of 2018. So my background is communications and project management, working for other people. So mm -hmm. what I do really merges all my skill set together. And my main client was going away. And I said, okay, this is a sign for me to really dive in to what I believe I was meant to do, which is help people figure out what they want and how to get it. Mm -hmm. And my mom said to me, she goes, you hate smart goals. Why don't you create dev goals? <laughs> and my name worked perfectly with the system that I had been teaching for years. So that's how Deb became Deb. Um, shortly thereafter, I met an agent uh, who said, send me your book proposal. So the end of 2018, Mango, my publisher, showed interest. And then my book, Your Goal Guide, came to out January 2020. So six weeks before the world faced change by circumstance, out came my book, which was designed to help people embrace change by choice or by circumstance. So <laughs> that's awesome. Great timing. Uh, who knew when you think right. about all the things that had to happen for yeah. that timing to happen, it's really kind of mind blowing, but I am 
in the, the short version of your answer is, I think I've always had the entrepreneurial spirit, but who mm -hmm. knew that this is what would lead me to here? But I get to help people reframe their life as do you. And that's really what it's all about because everyone deserves to be happy, to be fulfilled, but it's a choice. Yeah, yeah. So you say that you dis, or your mother said that you dislike SMART goals and that you created the DEB method. So what, what is it about SMART goals that you dislike and what, it, what is it about the DEB method that's different? Okay, well, I guess don't like is, well, okay. I don't like when people hang their entire shingle on SMART goals. SMART goals are a tool to help you make plans, stay on track. If yeah. you ask what all the letters stand for, I probably could figure it out, but I can't roll them off the tongue. But but that's the thing. The, this is my bias against people in the goal space. The ones who say, oh, I do SMART goals. This is the secret to everything. It isn't. It's a tool in your toolbox to help you get things done. Mm -hmm. The dev method does, it's foundational. I believe you can't get what you want unless you know what that is. And Deb is designed to help you with that exploration. So the D is determine your mission. Can't get what you want unless you know what that is. Think of your ideal future so you can work toward it. E, explore your options. Okay, you have this mission. How are you going to manifest it? What are you going to do? So that's the research and exploratory phase. Mm -hmm. And then brainstorm your path. Once you figure out what you want, you want to make a plan to turn it into reality. And that's all about brainstorming all of the goals, the big goals, the small girl goals, personal, professional, short-term, long-term, everything, divide, conquer, categorize, and make a plan to turn it into reality. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. So, so backing up, SMART is specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. That's what SMART is. It sounds like you you have the before the SMART goal and after the SMART goal. You know, SMART goals, you're right. It's not the end-all be-all. Reality is the brain is incapable of achieving ambiguity. The brain can only achieve specificity. So when we have when we have a a goal, a plan, a, a future vision, whatever it is we're we're yearning for, or wanting or desiring, right? That's as Brian Tracy would call it, that's the frog, right? Now you have to eat the frog. And the only way to do that is to chunk it down, right? So when people have this vision, even though it's a vision, it has to become actionable. So the dev method sounds like it's the front end of the goal, the back end of the goal, and this big vision still gets to be chunked down and how, whatever method you use to chunk it down, a goal is not the end all be all. What the end all be all is, is the plan to pursue the goal, right? Right, it's, it's the intent. Exactly. And, and exactly. especially, and believe me, I meet goal haters all the time. They're like, <laughs> I don't do goals, I do intentions. I said, guess what? It's the same thing. It is. It starts it with is. that intent and then you're working towards it. So we don't even, we, I, I don't even touch the G word until we get to like the end of explore your options, brainstorm your path, because it starts with the, when you think about the life you want, what does that look like? Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So many people tend to put the, the cart before the horse, 
You know, I want to be a millionaire. Great. How? And then they just sit there. <laughs> yeah. What do you want to do? Well, I want to, I, I want to build a business. Great. Of what? You know, it, that, that's where the vagueness ends up paralyzing people. It, it really does. And I, I was very proud of myself. So in my book, we, we go through, I managed to put everything into four different categories, you know, all the goals in the world. I managed to whittle it down to four. Yes. Very proud of myself, but it's uh, start to build a business, uh, elevate your career, whether it's a new job, new career, what have you, uh, become a known expert or achieve work-life balance. And usually you're going to want at least two of those things, right? Maybe even more in, in theory, it could be all of the above or the, the expert with the career or the expert with the business and then the work-life balance piece. But it's, it starts with what do you want? What's going to make you happy? Not what was your education? What was your background? You can maneuver skills in one area to go to something else, but why would you want to achieve greatness in something that bores you to tears? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, it also has to do with what fuels you. What's, what's the purpose? What is it that, that you want to achieve with this? You know, I just had a conversation uh, with, with a new client who had shared with me that, that they, they're, they're struggling with a piece of their business. Their gut's telling them to let it go because, because they dread it. Well, if you dread anything, you should not be doing it, <laughs> right? Now we have to understand, are you dreading it because it has, because it has the opportunity to blow through an income ceiling and now we have hit a belief? Or are you dreading it just because of the weight, the taxation, the energy, the, the waste of resources or fill in the blank, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So some people, some people who have limitations and earning potentials or create income ceilings or imposter syndrome or fill in the blank, what, whatever that sabotage strategy shows up as, right? they end up convincing themselves this isn't for me so that they can fulfill a self-fulfilling prophecy of staying small, playing small, right? And then in some cases, it's just the weight of the energy or fill in the blank, whatever, and that should be shook. However, either way, it's gotta be evaluated because if you're holding yourself back and convincing yourself it's dread, well, then that's just a program that gets to be rewritten. Exactly. And this is why I, and when I do my workshops, I, I spend the most time on determining your mission because that is the key piece. And I think the piece that's missing from a lot of other books and programs, they tell you how to get there, but they don't really give you solid footing in that starting point. So really quickly, the D goes through, it starts with visualization, then write your current bio, where are you now, but where are you putting your best foot forward, right? Uh, and then your future bio. What do you want your bio to say in the first person a year from now, five years yeah. from now? So starting point, end point, and then you write your mission statement. Who are you? What makes you unique? What do you love? And most importantly, uh, what do you do and how do you help? Yeah, yeah. 
And from there, we whittle it down into a motto. And that motto, that is the barometer against what you were just talking about. So when you know what drives you and then you've got a short pithy statement. So mine is goal setting simplified. Everything I do is with that, that uh, barometer in mind. Do, is this in alignment with what I'm all about? If yes, then yes. If no, okay, will it benefit me elsewhere? So as you have this work, these opportunities, line it up against your mission and motto. That's your answer. Yeah, yeah. You know, the one thing I noticed is a lot of business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of independent sales professionals, they don't have vision or mission statements. As a matter of fact, if you really asked them uh, what theirs was, uh, if they pulled something out of their ass, they'd be lucky. And a lot of them don't even know what what it really is and the work behind creating one. Yes, I, I've noticed that. And I've even had people come into my workshops and I say, okay, what is your mission? Well, I've got one for my business. Great. But what's yours? Mm -hmm. And whether it is you, the entrepreneur, or you, the person who works for someone else, what is your mission? Is your mission to just climb up the corporate ladder and doing things yeah. for other people? Or is it your mission to build something that you can grow? Yeah, yeah. You know, the other thing that uh, I, I, I want to rewind a little bit and touch on, and I might create some haters right now by doing it, is when you, <laughs> I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm pretty polarizing. How's that? So you, you had said you meet a lot of goal haters, right? Uh, and reality is, if you are achieving monumental success and goal hating because of that process, then all the power to you. And if you goal hate and struggle, then reality is that is just a projection to justify adequate or inadequate and, and lack of performance. I'll give you an example. So, you know, I, I talk money. And trust me when I tell you money is the furthest thing from how I define success. I define success from thriving in every area of life, right? So, however, I know that Pre-pandemic, the average household was about $450 to $650 short every month. So they always stole from Peter to pay Paul, right? And in Southern California, that number is even greater because let's face it, the cost of living here is a tad ridiculous, right? So I, I, I say that to say when I, so I speak money, I speak money, I speak money and People always say, well, that turns me off. That doesn't motivate me. And I'll go, great. How many vacations did you take this year? And they look at me and they go, well, I haven't because I can't afford it. Great. So do you, do you live in the house of your dreams? Well, no, I can't afford it. Well, do you dot, dot, dot. So it's not that money doesn't motivate you. It's that to justify the inability to do what you need, want, or desire you mask it with the lack of motivation for money. Instead of confronting the problem, you just band-aided it. So it's the same with goal-setting haters. 
people who have in the past continually abandoned their goals. We're just going to call them dreams, right? Okay. They've, they've turned around and instead of beating themselves up continually for not achieving them, they've convinced themselves, goals don't motivate me. Intentions do. So they just threw another word at it, right? <laughs> and then probably what happens is the same behavior because they never really addressed the core problem. See reality is we were born a banks a blank slate and had programs written on us and in us from significant adult relationships in our life and whatever their relationship with money got programmed into us whatever their relationship with health got programmed into us i can go on and on their relationship with communication their relationships with relationships continue down that slide. So when you look at Gen X, well, Generation X was raised by people who were raised by people who lived through the Great Depression. When you look at baby boomers, baby boomers lived through the Great Depression or were raised by people who lived through the Great Depression. Now, what was the relationship with money? was scarce, right? A lot of people this time of year have strong goals for success, for their business, for their health, for money. Come March, they abandon them. And then they create this belief goals don't work. It's not that goals don't work, it's the program that's running it doesn't work, the method that was used doesn't work. Maybe you weren't doing the work. So instead of projecting that hatred towards money or goals, step back and look at what created the lack of results and change that. I completely, completely agree. And well, first let's talk about the goal abandonment. I talk about goals year round. Yeah. And for me, I, and I also do the four seasons. So it's January, the summer, the fall, and then I start the new year in December to get a running start. December, I love that. <laughs> so, thank you. So whichever it is, um, whichever time you start the year. And then I have people asking, when should you reevaluate your goals? I said, whenever you need to, when you are facing change by choice, by circumstance, when you're looking at your life and you're like, this isn't working for me take a step back. And I think one of the get, best gifts anyone can give themselves is the time and the energy to figure out what they want. And the pandemic was awful for a lot of people. It was good for a lot of people. Most people were like up, down, up, down. But one of the greatest blessings of it is time. People had that time. They weren't commuting. Great. How long was your commute? Well, you had an extra hour every day when you weren't in the car that you could give to yourself. Even now, you're working remotely. Maybe you love your job, maybe you don't. Um, maybe your job is fine, but it doesn't drive you. What does? What can you do a little bit every single day, a few days a week? I'm all about 
setting yourself up for success and putting things into your life that are manageable so you will actually do them. But what can you do? What can you build that's going to make you happy that will either turn into a side hustle or a hustle or keep a side hustle but will make you happy and that's going to leak into your business life? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, um, for one, I love Deb Sember. That's just flipping awesome. Uh, and, and for two, I, you know, when, when I talk goals with people, for me, it's more about the vision. What do you want? Who do you want to become when you get it? You know, how do you want things to look like? at the end of this, during this, before you start it, right? Because so many people can't see through the weeds that they're in. You know, I'm very sensitive at what the pandemic did to so many people. And I also want to lovingly say we still had a responsibility in the outcome of what happened. And what I mean by that is there were so many business owners, so many entrepreneurs and independent sales professionals that made choices, made decisions to pull back, pull back in marketing or wait till we get to the other side of the pandemic or fill in the blank every other deliverable that happened March 2020, April 2020, right? Well, we all know hindsight's 2020. We all know that if we really looked back into history, pandemics were never short excursions. And for me, it's funny because every expert in the world started referring to pivoting. Well, that's been the name of my company since the day I incepted it. And it's like, it it, it was almost like it was a revelation that we had to pivot. You know, being a business owner, being an entrepreneur, being an independent sales professional, you have to be prepared to pivot every second of every minute of every hour of every day of every week, month and year, because The most flexible person in any situation controls the situation. And if you're not capable of exercising the ability to pivot, then you're setting yourself up to crash, right? Yes. I say all of this to say the choices we made, the decisions we made created our existing yesterday and today. In order to create a different tomorrow, we get to accept responsibility for that even though the environment made it challenging. I say this time and time again in my, in my podcast, we may not be able to control our environments. We can control how we choose to respond to our environments. And when you have that solid plan, that solid vision with a strong program and strength between your ears and you're taming the itty bitty shitty committee and the bully in the brain is taking a nap, then you can really accomplish everything you want. In my humble opinion. I agree completely. And we've got the other thing that the pandemic taught us is that everything is pretty much at our fingertips. Yeah. So 
it's a half an hour a day, a couple days a week, some of it's education, some of it's action, but it's your joy. Is that how are you going to spend the time? Yeah. Are you going to spend that half an hour complaining about how much you hate your job? Or are you going to spend that half an hour taking action and creating a better life for yourself? Amen. Amen to that. So let's switch gears real quick, Deborah. And how was your journey as an entrepreneur? Was it really easy? Was it kind of like pinball where you were hitting the bumpers? What, what was it like for you? Uh, I, I'm still on it. <laughs> so, gotcha. I, and I spent, so like I said, my book comes out. I, I six weeks into it, I pivoted from after my mini SoCal book tour, started doing things online because everybody wanted to reframe their life. But yeah. I will also say no one was ready. So I, I basically for two years did a lot of speaking and a lot of workshops. I'd say at the very least the first six months, yeah, yeah, all this excitement. And then most of the people I talked to is, this is great, I need to recover, which is fine because it was a big deal to bring your life to a crashing halt and figure out what's next. So I, I, I'm trying to answer your question. So one of my goals for 2020 was to do corporate work. And that kind of threw out, fell out the window with everybody, ah, what do we do next? So really I'd say the last year I've been developing these workshops. I've been doing more speaking. I'm still all virtual because I love virtual means I could be anywhere and everywhere. Um, so in answer to your question, yes. <laughs> is it bumpy, is it smooth? I know that what I'm doing is what I'm meant to be doing. And because of that, oh, pandemic, I'll just talk to other people all the time. I'm good. A pandemic, it's another reason to be helping people. And even like I'd say in the last, probably the last six months, I've been really on, on this, uh, I was going to say soapbox. I was going to say step stool, but soapbox is the right word about, um, so Deb works with everything. But the thing that I love, in addition to using Deb to change your life, is using Deb through how you approach events. So I have been leading workshops, but also speaking pre-event to get people excited about the events coming up. You know, you can go and you can spend a week in an event and come back with nothing. I say that's not okay. The same way that you determine the mission for yourself, determine the mission for the event. The difference is, when you create the mission for your business is how you help others. When you create the mission for how you're approaching events, whether it is a conference or a mix or whatever, start by thinking what's in it for you. What do you want to get out of it? Yeah. When you approach events in that way. So that was my pivot from the way that I wanted to work with bigger crowds is to talk about uh, how you can use, I call it event outcome optimization to come back from events with leads, with resources, with the skills that you need to build your business. Because anybody who's spending the time and energy and money to go to an event, even not working and doing it from your desk, it is a commitment. And so that's, that's my new <laughs> soapbox is, okay, this is 
this is the way to navigate it so you come back successfully. Nice. So why do you think statistics go against uh, business owners and entrepreneurial success? Why do you think most struggle and most fail? I think most struggle and most fail because they don't know what they want. Because they take, oh, this other thing, I'm sure you see this all the time, the advice, not just from inside your head, but from other people. That's why I, I think the mission and the motto is such a good decision tree because you can use that to battle against or to be able to accept the right advice. Yeah. If someone, I had this conversation yesterday about funnels, which I have a love-hate relationship. I do have an email list, but I don't get into funnels the way other people get into funnels. Because I don't get into funnels the way other people get into funnels, how successful am I going to be at marketing through that? There are different tools that are at your disposal for getting the word out. Use the ones that speak to you and you're halfway there. It, it's, and this is a, it's a really um, minimalistic example, but I think it's perfect. I talk a lot about journaling, you know, getting things out of your head and onto the page. I have an exercise called directed journaling to help you like really drag everything out of your head and look at it objectively to see what speaks to you. But, and I still get this question, what works better, paper or the computer? Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of studies that say when you write things down, it gets in your head better. Know thyself is a huge part of the, this whole process, goal getting. Yeah. What are you going to do? Do more of, do more of what you're going to do and stop doing, stop pretending you're going to do the things that you're never going to do. You know, in, in the science of the mind, we call our conscious mind, the goal setter. We call our unconscious mind, the goal getter. Our conscious mind only runs 10% of our life. Our behaviors tucked into the unconscious part where all the programming and all the filtering is. So because of that, we can't, it's consciously improbable to go after anything. And if you could, it's going to take an immense amount of exhausting effort. That all happens in autopilot. And people don't even know what they don't even know. And they don't know the blind spots that prevent them from doing it. So I really like the, the journaling aspect because, you know, the first several minutes of journaling are conscious thoughts. And then if you choose to allow yourself to continue to write, a lot of the unconsciousness is going to come out. And that's where the real meat is. Oh, so agree. So agree. Yeah. And I would, especially with brainstorming. It's yeah. make your laundry list, but you know, the first five are easy. The second five are also easy, but when you get to 15, 20, 25, 50, yeah. you have to really think, but you know, the answer it, it's in there and it's, I'll, I'll backtrack to direct to journaling. The concept behind it is to schedule three, four, five, 15 minute appointments with yourself, put it in the calendar and then actually do it when your calendar appointment goes off. Yeah. Just brain dump the answer to a question or very specific questions. What do I want from life? Well, I enjoy doing this. I enjoy doing that. You know, I thought I loved doing this, but I really like doing that. 
flexible can in, allow yourself to go there. But the idea is do this three, four, five times. Don't look at it until you're done with the exercise. And then you're going to find those patterns. Yeah, absolutely. Thought you loved. Maybe it's not it because you uncovered something deep down. You mentioned 20 times it wasn't even on your radar. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the things that you need to pay attention to because when you go with your gut with these feelings, you're going to be more successful because you're excited about it. You know, when you love what you do, it shows. When you don't love what you do, it really, really shows. <laughs> Amen to that. And it shows in your life. It shows in your physiology. It shows in your health. It shows in your business. It shows in your bank account. It shows in your relationships. It shows everywhere. Because how we do some things is how we do everything. And every area of our life is connected in some facet. I love what you just said. How we do some things is how we do everything. It, it's truth. Yeah. It's a mind shift. Yeah. And when it's, it's the whole affirmations thing, you know, when you believe things, they happen good or bad. Right. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. So Deborah, welcome to the signature question of the show. And that is what, what does sell selling without selling mean to you? For me, selling without selling is, it's all about networking. It's mm. about meeting the right people, the people in alignment with you, whether they are a partner or a prospect or a client, developing those relationships. I love it. I love it. You know, I, a lot of people don't know this about me. I've built two seven figure businesses and six, six figure businesses, 100% through networking. And uh, it's all about the relationships and adding value to them and surrounding yourself with strategic centers of influences that are like-minded and serve the same community that you do with little to no overlap. There's always going to be overlap when there's that much synergy. And it's coming from a space of abundance and avoiding a space of scarcity. It's a beautiful thing. It's when you can see the future that you want, when you can actually see it. And that's another part of the visualization. Don't just see it, create something that, that shows, you know, you want to develop a product, do a screenshot and put your product in the store that you want. You want to be speaking to big crowds, create that whatever kind of visual representation is going to keep you motivated. And so you can yeah. see yourself there. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing more powerful. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you for sharing that with me. So Deborah, welcome to the random round. I believe that success leaves clues. And I like to ask very specific questions to my expert guests um, so that our listeners can turn around and go, you know what? I really love that. And I want to apply to self. So my question to you for the random round is, what's your morning ritual look like? I will give you my latest morning ritual because I just started this because we're, we're recording this in December and I am all about, um, like I said before, we have to do the things that we teach other people. Um, my morning routine is, yes, I look at my phone first thing. I know I'm not supposed to, doesn't matter. But I started this creative project that's been on my back burner for 
too long. And I was looking at, okay, going into the new year, what is one thing that I'm not gifting myself and is it to work on a creative project? So now I write a page before I do anything. And I'm talking long, long form on paper, um, paper pen. I always start my drafts that way and then I type them in. But I've only been doing this for a few days and I already feel it elevating my vibration. Nice. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. I absolutely love that. So another one. I got another one for you for the random. Okay. What's your favorite word and why? My favorite word is harmony. Harmony. I love that. And it should be self-explanatory, but everything works together. You know, your personal and your professional. One's good. Okay. The other will be good. One's bad. It's going to drag it down. So why not elevate everything together? Yeah, you know, a lot of professionals uh, pursue, chase, seek work-life balance. And the, and the unconscious mind, the mind knows balance means 50-50. So if it's 40-60 or 45-55 or whatever, the mind knows that's not 50-50. So the, the element, the human, isn't happy. So if you seek work-life harmony, then it'll allow the up and flow, the 60-40, the, the, the 35-65, the 45-55. It'll always look at that as harmonizing. So, so that way, the professional is satisfied and happy because things harmonize. So I love that, that that's your favorite word. And I love that you put it that way. I'm renaming my work-life balance and my well-being in the workplace workshops to, to work-life harmony. So I'm, I'm taking it. I hope it's okay. Of course it is. Of course it is. So, so Deborah, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I know how, how crazy your schedule is and how busy you are. And it's been an incredible conversation. I've really enjoyed our time together. If our listeners want to reach out, find you, follow you, connect with you, how can they do so? Well, I am at the Deb Method everywhere. So you can go to thedebmethod.com. You can email me at info at thedebmethod.com or follow at the Deb Method. And I'd also love to invite your audience. If you're meeting me here, connect with me on LinkedIn. Send a note to say that this is where we met. And I would love to meet you all. You can't reach your goals on your own. You need your people. So let's become each other's people. I love that. Thank you. Hey, your success is important to me. And it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you and for you. I'd love for you to do three things right now. First, I'd love for you to jump on Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. That's Hop over to Facebook, join our Sell Without Selling community. Second, since you already have your phone in your hand, hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. That's follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. And last and definitely not least, I'd love to chat with you and get feedback on the episodes to find out any topics you're interested in to help make this show more powerful and helpful to you achieving the success that you've always dreamed of desired, and know you deserve. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash 
talk to Stacy. Let's get a 15 minute call on the schedule. And always remember this, choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional. Get out of your way so you can get on your way so you can finally have your way. Thanks so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you soon. Whether it's mastering your mindset, communication, or success, we have more ways to keep you on your journey to greatness. Be sure to visit us at pivotpointadvantage.com for exclusive online training programs, success-specific courses, and more ways to connect to Stacy directly to help you achieve the financial success you've always desired, dreamed, and deserved. That's all available on pivotpointadvantage.com.